Hi, this is Steve Durr. Today we're going to read from Acts chapter 19, starting at verse 8 and going to verse 22. And uh, to bring us up to speed again, Paul, the great missionary, church leader, follower of Jesus, arrived in the port city of Ephesus on the Aegean Sea. It was the fourth largest city in the world, most likely at that time. It was a city that was the center of worship for Artemis, who was the goddess of childbirth and the hunt. The whole town was centered in worship around Artemis. It was also known as a center of magical practices and spirits. And this influential town was filled with temples to the gods, brothels, slave trading, and supernatural trinkets and amulets. And so Paul enters this very spirit-rich town, and so let's join in his journey. Then Paul went to the synagogue and preached boldly for the next three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some became stubborn, rejecting his message, and publicly speaking against the way. So Paul left the synagogue and took the believers with him. Then he held daily discussions at the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This went on for the next two years, so that people throughout the province of Asia, both Jews and Greeks, heard the word of the Lord. God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. When handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched his skin were placed on sick people, they were healed of their diseases, and evil spirits were expelled. A group of Jews was traveling from town to town casting out evil spirits. They tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantation, saying, I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a leading priest, were doing this. But one time, when they tried it, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus, and I know Paul, but who are you? Then the man with the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them, and attacked them with such violence that they fled from the house naked and battered. The story of what happened spread quickly all throughout Ephesus to Jews and Greeks alike. A solemn fear descended on the city, and the name of the Lord Jesus was greatly honored. Many who became believers confessed their sinful practices. A number of them, who had been practicing sorcery, brought their incantation books and burned them at a public bonfire. The value of the books was several million dollars. And so the message about the Lord spread widely and had a powerful effect. Afterward, Paul felt compelled by the Spirit to go over to Macedonia and Achaia before going to Jerusalem. And after that, he said, I must go on to Rome. He sent his two assistants, Timothy and Erastus, ahead to Macedonia while he stayed a while longer in the province of Asia. You know, there are some amazing things that take place in this story. Paul, in Ephesus, is daily proclaiming Jesus, and people in the entire region begin to hear the good news of Jesus. God is using Paul to do amazing miracles through the power of the Holy Spirit, and people are being healed and set free from demons. And then we come across a story of some traveling Jewish exorcists who hear about the things Paul was doing and saying, and so they decide to add Jesus' name as an incantation, like a spell, to their other tools to get demons out of people. 
Unfortunately for these guys, the demonic guy they wanted to help sent them running for their life naked. God is powerfully acting through Paul, and these stories are spreading around Ephesus, and people are becoming followers of Jesus and embracing him as their king. Now remember that Ephesus was a center for magical arts and spirits. It was a very spiritual town. So what do these people do when they encounter Jesus and he becomes their king? They confessed. They confessed their sinful and superstitious spirit practices. They burned their incantation scrolls. They made a big bonfire to say goodbye to that way of life. And the message of Jesus continued to powerfully move. In Ephesus, there was a confrontation between truth and counterfeit, between Jesus and the other gods and spiritual practices that opposed God. Through this confrontation, God powerfully revealed that Jesus was truly the king and not the gods and goddesses of the town. Through this confrontation, Jesus was identified as the one with power and not all the magical arts and the psychics and the spirit workers. And so when people said yes to Jesus, they didn't just add Jesus to their life. All right, here's a new God we can follow. Here's a new name we can use. And then they just kind of add Jesus and then continue to pursue living their old way with their own sinful practices, their old sinful practices. They confessed. They repented. They turned around. They changed direction. They made changes in their lives. When we become a follower of Jesus, we're making him our supreme king. That means he leads us. We don't lead him. He doesn't become a tool for us to make us more effective. He desires to lead and transform us to make us more like him. A part of that journey is saying goodbye to harmful or sinful practices, things that oppose God. I like the phrase, God loves and accepts me as I am, but loves me too much to keep me that way. I think it's true. Let me say that again. God loves and accepts me as I am, but he loves me too much to keep me that way. It's important to remember that we aren't accepted by God as his children because we've been really obedient. We've been good boys and girls. We've done all the right things. We've done the good things. We've been really religious. We're adopted by God as his children because he loves us and he wants to bring us into his family. And through Jesus' death and resurrection, that gift is a gift that's made possible to us. Yet as we embrace the gift of new life found in Jesus, as we embrace forgiveness and hope, when we're embracing Jesus, then we respond to the Holy Spirit living in us who works and empowers us to become more like Jesus, to be more, made more and more into his likeness. Sometimes that may mean God leads us to make a change in our behavior or how we spend our time or how we use our words or what we spend our money on, how we treat people around us or who we look to most for guidance. The question for us today is, have you embraced the gift of renewed life found in Jesus? Have you said yes to him? Have you embraced the truth of him? And then, like the people in Ephesus, 
What do you sense God inviting you to change? It may be a habit that's just beginning to get a grip on you and is beginning to disrupt your life and the people around you. It may be a behavior that you recognize isn't God's best for you because God loves you too much and desires to give you the, the life of Jesus and to look more like Jesus. He loves you too much to keep you the way you are. And so what do you sense God saying to you today and what will be your response? Let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you reveal to us anything that's getting in the way and distracting us from following you? Would you reveal anything that's getting in the way of experiencing you and being made more and more into the image of Jesus? Remind us of God our Father's relentless love for us that pursues us and invites us to life thanks to Jesus. And so now, God, fill us with wisdom, show us your way to life, and give us the courage and peace to follow. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day.